So good morning, everybody. It's a little after 11 o'clock a.m. on the East Coast. It is October 8th, 2021. And I can't believe that we're already to the end of 2021 when I feel like we missed 2020 completely. Um, I am joined on Tales from the Heart this morning with Marty Marin from Tufts. Good morning, Marty. Good morning, Lisa. And good morning to everybody listening, tuning in, ATM patients and family members. Um, thank you for tuning in this morning. Thank you. So it's a big month. October is yeah. always a big month and every three or four years. It's summit month. So let's just start off by saying international summit seven is days away. You want to tell everybody what the summit is and how they can register before we get started. Sure. The HCM summit is a scientific conference or meeting that typically occurs every three years. And it's focused on providing the most contemporary updates uh, in the management, diagnosis and management of HCM um, by people, uh, investigators and, 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 and cardiologists with expertise in the disease um, who give uh, usually between a 15 to 20, 25 minute talk on a number of different topics over about a two and a half day period. And um, really does provide the opportunity for patients and HCM uh, care providers to really, as I said, hear the most up-to-date contemporary approaches to the treatment and management of this complex genetic heart disease. And so it stands as that. And um, the way it's going to work this time, uh, as opposed to previous uh, years, um, is it's virtual, since we're still at the tail end of a pandemic. Um, we're going to <clears throat> do a virtual platform and um, means that registrants can um, sign up for the meeting, which is going to be October. Uh, what is it? 15, 15, 16, 15, 16 17. 17. I'm losing my mind. 15, 16 and 17. Uh, that's the weekend that the meeting is occurring virtually. Um, and if you sign up, you can also have the opportunity, if you can't be there for all the talks during that three-day period, you will have access to all of the material um, since it will be archived if you register for access to view at any point in time for the six months following the meeting. So content will be there for you as long as you register. Um, if, if you tune in live, you get to see the live discussions after each talk, just to mention that, which is a Q&A, question and answer period with the speaker, um, and you can ask questions at that point. That's the, you know, one of the major advantages as well of, of being there while we do it over the weekend. Sorry, you were going to say something? I was going to remind people that they also have the opportunity to, to meet the exhibitors and the sponsors in a virtual, uh, I don't know what we're calling it, virtual exhibit room. And yeah. you can you can talk to representatives from Bristol Myers Squibb or from Cytokinetics or from one of the device companies if you have any questions about technology or where what they're working on, et cetera. So you get the investigators, you get the researchers and the clinicians and that content, but you also get to talk to the sponsors and the companies that are behind some of the therapeutics that are being developed. Yeah. That there's going to be, that's a great point. Thanks for bringing that up. I mean, if you go online, you can just Google HCM 
summit, um, you can see all of the offerings in terms of the talks, who's giving them, and also the what we're calling industry-sponsored symposia that are occurring throughout those three days too, which have a lot of number of different really interesting um, topics and discussions that will occur during those breakout uh, events as well. So hcmsummit.org and then forward, forward slash registration is the is the webpage to register. So I want to be very clear with everybody. There is a fee for this conference. It's a very extensive conference and it's very expensive to put on. Um, so I will tell you there's, I think it's a hundred dollar fee for patients, um, yes, but there's a lot of content there, including what is behind the scenes being called Lisa's three hour extravaganza, yeah. which is three hours of programming from the HCMA. Um, and I do not feature in all of it, which is the best part. We are going to be telling patient stories and we have little video vignettes from different patients. We have a lot of guest stars. Did you know that Keith Churchwell's coming to the summit? Nice. That's great. So I have uh, Rachel Lampert giving a talk on the LibHCM study and how the HCMA has been a partner. So we've got a lot of fun content. We have calls to action. And we even have a little fireside chat. So Saturday night at the summit is all about the patient. So we encourage you all to participate. I will be live online with you. If you have any questions, if you want to make any comments, we're happy to hear them. So without any further ado, that's our, that's our come to the summit. We wish it was in person and we could see you all, but in three years, we'll be in person. We will be in person, hell or high water. We will be in person. So the HCMA has developed some monthly themes that we try to work around. Um, this month is nationally known as nationally known as Sudden Cardiac Arrest Awareness Month. So we want to take a moment out to recognize those patients who are at high risk of cardiac arrest. It's it's our call out to them to bring some attention. Um, additionally, and kind of pivoting off of that, we've decided to focus on emotional wellness in October. You know, we're coming out of summer months. People are you know making those doctor's appointments that they put off over the summer and they're dealing with their HCM as well as working towards the holiday season and a lot of emotions that are attached to that with family, et cetera. So I wanted to talk to Marty about what, what are some of the stressors that you see HCM patients facing maybe early in diagnosis or when there's a change in symptoms? Is anxiety and depression part of HCM for some people? Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that um, this is a, a disease, it's a genetic heart disease that patients have their whole life and can be associated in some patients with complications, which all, all that together can weigh heavy, you know, for anybody. Um, there's no question about that. And, uh, you know, for that reason, um, it's really important that we're having this discussion today about how to... Um, essentially be able to, if you're a patient, be able to deal with that aspect of, of the disease, the weight of what I call usually what I like to say as the weight of the disease in terms of the fact that a number of different aspects of the disease uh, can, can weigh on patients and appropriately so, including, you know, these risks of arrhythmias that we've talked about, you know, and of course, the, the the burden that comes with this disease in some patients in terms of symptoms and the impact that that has on quality of life can really be frustrating and can really weigh on patients as well. 
Um, and then there's all kinds of other additional aspects too that that come up that 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 can be really heavy, like you know the the, the chance of passing it to another generation um, or having passed it to another generation um, as well. So a number of different, and then of course, by the way, of course too, the the impact that the disease can have on certain limitations or restrictions of physical activity. Um, can really weigh heavy on, on many patients, particularly those that are younger who were engaged in that kind of uh, lifestyle. And so there are all kinds of different uh, you know, issues here and, and, and all of them or one of them or one or more of them can weigh heavy here. So yes, no question about it. So there are lots of different ways people can get help. And sometimes some of us might have a problem asking for this kind of help. Right. Um, full, full disclosure, I have seen a therapist because things weigh heavy mm-hmm. and it's not always easy to separate emotions and process all of the enormity of life in general and then life with HCM, loss from HCM and other traumas that might occur in your life. The human experience is not, a, it is, it's messy. <laughs> and it's okay to get help. Um, the HCMA has programming to do baseline help, which is our discussion groups and our communication on social media. We have trained moderators there ready to answer questions and help guide, and we have our staff. But at the Centers of Excellence, there are also other resources that you might use. You might use their social worker to help find services. You might be able to tie in with a therapist, a psychologist, or a psychiatrist to get appropriate medications. Um, Marty, you want to talk a little bit about how that might best work for patients to find a mental health professional? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, well, I'll first say that I think, you know, that, and I'm in this group, um, you know, I think as cardiologists, you know, or an even HCM expert cardiologist, even though we know and appreciate, of course, the weight that this disease can have on the psychology, psychological burden of patients that I, I, I first say that we don't do a good enough job, probably on the whole, I'm not talking about everyone, of course, there's always success, but, but I think in general, as a group, we could do a lot better at, you know, viewing the patient with ATM as a whole in terms of all these different aspects of care um, and the psychological burden is one of those. And we just don't, I think, do a good enough job of raising that issue with patients, addressing it with patients, and of course, executing on getting patients, you know, at times the kind of help that they probably need, because we're not asking those other questions up front enough. And um, so I, I think we need to do a better job, um, for sure. Um, and, um, and so I think, in terms of the answer to your question, I mean, you know, I think what can be helpful in, 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 in this is kind of one strategy when we, we, we've identified, for example, somebody at our institution or an institution near us who kind of stands out as a, either a, a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist with sort of expertise in, you know, dealing with the burden that comes with chronic diseases and can help patients because they've got that expertise, work through these issues in a way that is effective. And so I think my advice is asking your cardiologist first, uh, if they know of somebody that they've worked with who can they can refer to 
in, in that capacity, whether it's a behavioral therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, you know, and I think you want to, the fit, the fit is really important here when you're talking about, you know, somebody to help you with um, the weight of, 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 of these issues. And so you really got to find the right fit. And so uh, I think that's why, you know, cardiologists probably, particularly HCM experts really need to try to do a better job of identifying, you know, kind of a number of experts in this area that could be a, a referral network for patients to access. Um, but that's the answer. I think I'd start with your cardiologist or your inter or your primary care to ask if they know first of anybody who would fit that role as a, again, in one of one of three ways, a therapist, a psychologist, or psychiatrist. I think those are your three areas. Now, we, we know that not all doctors and patients are good fits. There's personalities. And when it comes to a therapist, I think that's even more intensified because there's a lot of dialogue going on. You may have to try one or two to find the right one. We have resources. We know we need to do better. We're, current, we're encouraging all new centers of excellence to do some mental health evaluations at each encounter with a patient and put that into their practice. And when there's something that's flagged, there's, something, there's an opportunity to move forward. But I'm kind of calling out patients here to take those surveys Seriously, if somebody asks, are you depressed or have you felt down and, and have you not been participating in social activities, please talk about it. Please admit that you might be limiting your social life and you might be getting a little depressed. It's, it's okay. We can help you get through that if we know that it's happening. So I, I think the, the moral of the story here is pretty simple. It, it's okay to not be strong all the time. It's okay to be vulnerable sometimes. I had to learn that lesson the hard way about five years ago. And you have to ask for help. And there's a lot out there. Peer-to-peer -peer support is amazing. We're hoping that in the next year, we're actually going to formalize our peer-to-peer -peer connection. Uh, so just having a peer, a buddy, uh, a mentor who's another patient is, is really helpful as well. Um, so, you know, we have some comments floating in that, wow, we're talking about psychological support. This is amazing. We don't talk about that in HCM. We talk about heart stuff. But I want to pivot a little bit to medications. So if but somebody- wanna, before, you, before you do that, I just want to, again, emphasize that point, because I think that's probably maybe in some ways, maybe the most important point uh, that, that we can convey. And that's, there just simply is no stigma to yeah. seeking help for what is an enormous weight for anybody sometimes, period. There is no stigma to that at all. Um, you know, you just gave the example of, you know, you yourself um, having access that kind of help at one point when you needed it. Um, you know, I've, I've accessed that help, you know, from a therapist, not, I don't have HCM, uh, of course, but, uh, but I've done it for other reasons, okay? And so we all have a lot of complexities to our lives and stress and, and, and HCM, if you've got it, is a huge burden sometimes, okay? Maybe not always at all times, but it can be at certain moments in particular. So seeking that help is simply not a stigma of any way. And I think we've got to really be absolutely clear about that. I'm really happy that you, you shared that with us. That's, 
that's a little bit of vulnerability that I was talking about. We're all human. Sure. We all have our underlying issues that we're dealing with. We all have our personal traumas and our personal experiences that maybe sometimes are a little bit difficult to get through and sometimes are really hard to get through. We are here as a support community. We, we come together to be able to lift each other up. So let's talk a little bit about medications. Our, psycho, uh, our, our medications for mental health um, safe in HCM. Can they use antidepressants? anti-anxiety meds? Yeah, I mean, I think just just one last quick comment, last, you know, I, I just say that, you know, when I sought out that help for, for you know, for challenging moments, you know, in my life in terms of therapists, I, I got to say that, it, you know, it was tough to make that decision for all the reasons we've just talked about in terms of the stigma and, and, and you know, all the, all the connotations that sort of have, have historically been associated with seeking help like that. But Actually, when I did it, and I think you, you're you're saying the same thing, I ended up, you know, learning so much about myself and sort of how to, you know, how to succeed in a way and cope with not just this one issue that was coming up, but also being able to apply it to all kinds of other issues too. So it it, it opens up doors that you know I think in the end you don't really under even would have never realized that you could open up, um, but you're only going to get there if you step in. Okay. So stepping in so important anyways. So that, that's, that, I just want to kind of finish with that one of part. It just really was. Well, no, no, so now I want to stay here for a minute. I want to stay here for a minute. So if you would, yeah, I'll, I'll share mine. If you share yours, the, the process of going and, and finding a therapist and, and having those conversations, um, making that decision, that was really hard for me. It was really hard for me. I help others. I don't need help, which I found out was the biggest bunch of nonsense that I think I've ever told myself. Um, because I help others, I needed and I deserved to help myself. And that aha moment, like, why will I do this for so many other people, but I won't do it for myself? Mm -hmm. um, that was kind of my, what are you, an idiot moment? <laughs> like, of course I need this help. And I went and I got it. And I did learn things about why I make decisions, why I procrastinate, why I do the things that I do. And it helped me change behaviors ever so slightly. It wasn't like an aha, my whole life changed moment, but these little things that I changed or how things made me feel when they were, when I was confronted with them and how I processed those feelings, I think it made me a more effective member of my family, member of the community, uh, made me more effective in my work. I think it helped in a lot of different ways that I didn't expect. So it was collateral benefit, if you will. What about you? Exactly. I mean, that was the point. That's exactly the point is that I made. I mean, you know, this, you know, for me, it was just, you know, my mind was cluttered with a lot of stress from, you know, the usual kinds of things and being able to handle the, the stress of, you know, personal trying to get career success with balancing that with, you know, being able to perform personally in, 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 a, in a way that I wanted to as well. And just, you know, it started to create a lot of cluttering and confusion and stress and my mind. And so once I stepped in and started to talk about that with somebody who could, could, could peel those layers away and separate them and make me better understand them and how to cope with them and how to approach them, you know, just as you said, I mean, it opened up a, a whole 
set of different doors and and, and, and empowering me to be able to be a better per really to be a better person, you know, uh, overall, I would never have been able to get there had I not made that decision. And I remember that decision one day, I just picked up the, I was, you know, I'd been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off, but finally just the weight of it, I couldn't take anymore. And I made the call and, 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 you know, I mean, I'm, I'm so glad that for whatever reason, I ultimately decided to do that, but, um, you know, I just, the encouragement here is just to do that, to make that step. Um, the, the magnitude of benefit is, is, is hard to appreciate until you step in. I think that is fantastic advice. So somebody's made the choice to step in. They're feeling stressed. Yeah. They need to go beyond therapy and medication is recommended right. for either depression or anxiety. I right. just want to talk for a moment about the safety of using these medications with an underlying heart condition. I, I know probably about 25% of the HCMA population is on one or more antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication. Right. Um, so can you discuss the safety of this class of medication? Well, I think in general, what I'll say is, in, you know, again, hard to always talk in specifics because, you know, there could be certain circumstances where, you know, what I'm going to say, you know, may not be applicable to an individual patient or patients, but basically in general, a lot of these therapies or uh, drug therapies for, depression and anxiety, you know, are safe and can be used very effectively in patients with HCM. Okay. Some of that, again, depends on other, you know, medical problems a patient may have. It may also depend on what other drugs a patient may be taking, uh, et cetera. But in general, I think w the message is that there is almost always a therapeutic option that we can pursue that is not eliminated for that patient because of HCM. That's the point. And I think that's critically important. Yeah. Um, I, I do feel based on the topic yeah. that I, I need to bring up Josh and I need to bring up the reality that sometimes it gets to be very, very difficult. And sadly, we've had people make the ultimate decision and they end their life because they're stressed, but they didn't get help. So I'm giving a very clear call out to anybody who feels that it's all too much to please reach out for help. There is many, many, many resources for you. The, the least and the, the lowest lying is here at the HCMA. We're, we're here to help and we're here to talk and we're here to connect you with other patients and provide you those services. Your HCM specialist can help to connect you with mental health professionals, your local doctor can as well. Um, there, there's a lot of wonderful things in the world and there's a lot of stress in the world too. So we're hoping that you balance those off and, and please take care of yourself physically and mentally. You can't separate your heart from your head and your head from your heart. You're all one person. And we just feel like it's important to take a moment out of a whole busy year to stop and to talk about this. That's right. That's right. Okay. So I'm going to let them ask a couple of quick questions. Both Marty and I have crazy days today. So it's going to be an abbreviated podcast. Not that the topic isn't important, but um, there's just some, there's a summit looming and there's lots of work to be done to get ready for it. So if anybody has any questions, now would be the time to post them. And while we are doing that, I will take a moment to announce that I will be back here at one o'clock today to welcome the newest member of the HCMA Recognized Center of Excellence family, 
Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee. So we are happy to welcome um, the, them to the team and you will be able to meet the um, co-directors as well as the pediatric cardiologist um, at one o'clock right here on Facebook. So I think we've gotten a number of comments here about how hard it's been through COVID on top of everything else and how psychological support is definitely needed, especially for those in the, in the transplant pathway. That's a, that's a whole separate group. And um, Ross has put the uh, National Suicide Prevention uh, hotline in the chat area so you can access that resource as well. Thank you, Ross. Um, so I know it's a hard thing to talk about and we can't get into a bunch of specifics here. So for those of you who are listening, um, please join us for a discussion group. We had some really robust conversations this week in our transplant pathway discussion group. We had about 15 people in that group. Um, this week, we had a nice newly diagnosed group last night. We actually had a lot of fun last night. Uh, so get involved, learn about your, your HCM, but also take care of the whole you. Um, Marty, thank you so much for sharing those you know, vulnerable moments with us. Um, I think it's really important for people to see when others are going for help. It's, it's okay. We're all a little screwed up in our own ways. <laughs> I've not met a completely normal person yet. We all have our things. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I don't well, want to be normal. No, I think we, and we should probably come back to this topic again. I think it's that important and, 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 and perhaps underappreciated in terms of the, the, the weight that we give to different topics. We need to, we need to continue to have this conversation um, because it is so critical uh, and so important for so many patients. So I'm glad that you, um, decided to initiate this one, this, this, this discussion today. So, um, let's have more for sure. I, I think the community would appreciate that. And I look forward to continuing the conversation and maybe bring in a couple of mental health professionals. I might reach out to a few people that I know who do, you know, uh, the psychological impacts of devices, et cetera. Um, and maybe we'll bring them in for some podcasting as well. Right. So everybody, thank you for listening today. Please join us at one o'clock this afternoon for the live broadcast from uh, Van with Vanderbilt and the International Summit. Yay, we're here. It's happening. It's a year delayed, but it's happening. So please join us for that. It's going to be an amazing weekend. And we look forward to meeting with you all in our virtual booth and seeing you at our three-hour extravaganza. And you're going to see some faces you recognize and hear from some amazing people, including staff and board members of the HCMA to prove once and for all, it's not Lisa, it's a team. And we have an amazing team. That's right. Thank you all. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Tales from the Heart. For more information on HCM, we encourage you to visit our website at 4hcm.org. Join us online for the conversation on our Facebook page or in our private group. Facebook page can be found at Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Association. And our Instagram handle is at 4HCMWarriors. That's the number 4HCMWarriors. Follow us on Twitter at 4HCM.org. For those members of the LinkedIn community, you may want to follow the conversation on the Hypotrophic Cardiomyopathy Association group. Join us today. To contact the Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Association, you can call 973-983-7429. You can email us at support 
at 4hcm.org or visit us online at our website, 4hcm.org, and send us an email from there. The Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Association is located in New Jersey and operates on East Coast time. We would like to thank our sponsors, Myocardia, Invitae, Boston Scientific, and Cytokinetics for their support of this program. The HCMA is partnering with Myocardia, 23andMe, and others to help learn more about hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Learn more about these initiatives at 4hcm.org. Invitae, a genetic testing company and a sponsor of Tales from the Heart, is proud to provide free genetic testing to families with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Please learn more at 4hcm.org. Hey, we know life with HCM can be challenging, and support is critical. That's why the HCMA has created an online support group system to help you and your loved ones live better with HCM. Join us. The HCMA is seeking volunteers on a number of different projects, including our online support group system, our peer-to-peer, big-hearted friend system, and our legislative subcommittee. Please visit 4hcm.org to learn more today.